Ahoy there, mateys, and welcome back to Domance Dawn. I'm Luke, your host. I use he, him, and sometimes they, them, and I'm joined by my wonderful, wonderful host as well. Like, I guess technically I am co-host and you are also co-host of the show. Uh, Janine. Hi, I'm Janine. I use she, they pronouns, and um, I'm also here. Uh, co-host? Yeah, I guess co-hosts. We're, we're both co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, the show doesn't work as well without both of us here, because we have a very good energy, and it's like a good base for a sauce, and then you can just toss in other things and you get different flavors out of it. To be honest, like if I try to do this solo, I think it would be uh, a lot worse of a show. And if I tried to do this thing solo, uh, it would be nigh unlistenable because I need to be taken down a peg and I need people to disagree with me because this is like one of my main forms of social interaction. Thanks, Pandemic. Well, you know me, I'm always willing to lend a peg. Did you say peg or pick? I... What do we do on this podcast? Uh, So this is a show where we are watching through the anime One Piece and we are going uh, through the episodes. We recap those episodes. We look at Simpsons episodes that came out at the same time. And then we look through all the Simpsons episodes that have come out before and we find Simpsons characters to fit into the roles of these new One Piece characters. It's a great way to learn about One Piece and you're kind of screwed if you don't have familiarity with the simpsons so i mean even if this is your first episode to listen to um wow you really have a thing for tall older guys then huh i don't get that because if this is the first episode they're listening to they'd be because they really like the giants that that are oh okay okay tall yeah yeah i guess so i guess so it took me a moment to figure that out that's that's more on me it's nine o'clock here i this is the energy you pay for because you're getting it for free uh, speaking of things that you're getting for free, I made some fuck-ups last week, or as I like to call them, mints. Yeah, the soundboard is still here and waiting for the right time to be rolled out. Uh, so, Simpsons did stop regularly producing DVDs of the seasons with season 17, but they did specially release season 20. So, I... I said they stopped releasing them with season 17, and I forgot that they released season 20 especially, which is bad that I had that burn into my knowledge, and I'd like to blame Devin, who will come on eventually. What was... Was it just because 20 was like a rounded number that they... Okay, because I don't... Nothing stands out between the idea of Simpsons and 20 that makes me be like... Oh, that's when they had all of their good episodes. I mean, we have uh, watched seasons 30, 31, and 32, and beyond, like, maybe six episodes that were bad in those. Uh, like, the majority of them have been all right slash fine, but then there have been a few, like, standout episodes, so it's it's gotten better, I think. They've uh, imbued... A lot of the criticism, or a lot of people who cr- grew up with the criticisms are writing for the show now. It's weird. Uh, other mistakes that I made. Uh, Mr. 13 wears a little polka-dotted outfit, not a little striped outfit. And we do have access to the chuds, Janine. We can use chuds. 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 I I did I was not aware we were chomping at the chuddy bit 
get chuds. However, uh, watch out anybody who looks like a... What is the acronym for chud again? Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. Right, right. Um, named after the, the movie... Chuds. Chuds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Starring Chud Nelson. You laughed at the bit. I'm. I'm I. I did. I did. I hate that you. I hate that I did. But I did. Yeah. If we have a appropriate use for the chuds, we have access to the chuds. All right. So uh, what's uh, what's the next part that we are we going to let people know what happened in these episodes, or we don't even know what episodes there are. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I reformatted the outlines for this episode and all the ones going forward, so it actually makes a bit more sense, and I'm not just having to constantly scroll up and down the uh, document outlines that I have. Uh, these episodes initially ran through May 13th through June 17th, 2001. Whoa, that's a, there's a big event that happens. <laughs> Next one, yeah. Cool. It, we're getting closer, guys. It is scary. Mm-hmm. The only new Simpsons episode that came out during this time was Simpsons Tall Tales, which was, you know, the one where they do tall tales. So you got the singing Railroad Hobo, uh, Homer as Paul Bunyan, uh, Lisa as Connie Appleseed slash Bubblekill. Uh, and then you've got Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. So, you know, it's kind of generic, and we already had uh, Rodan from an earlier episode, so that's not even a big call-out. Oh, but we also do a bit Babe the Big Blue Ox, so... After Ooh. seeing this one, Babe the Big Blue Ox could always be uh, vital. Uh, but yeah, uh, this week we are covering episodes 70 through 77 of One Piece. Those episodes include An Ancient Island, The Shadow Lurking in Little Garden, Humongous Battle, The Giant Story, and Brogy, Luffy's Anger, A Dirty Trick in a Sacred Battle, Rocky Whale's Victory, Elbluff's Judgment, The Devil's Candle, Tears of Regret and Tears of Anger, Luffy Attacked by Magic, Colors Trap, Critical Counterattack, Usopp's Quick Wit, and Kanabiyoshi, or Flame Star. Farewell to the Giant's Islands. On to Arabasta. So, the way that I copy these titles is from the One Piece wiki, where they just have the Japanese versions of the titles translated and so there's some interesting bits like they use uh, uh kai and boshi which i'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that and like they americanize arabasta as alabasta which makes a bit more sense also did you notice something about the name of uh the giant's hometown elbath what about it Elbaf is fable spelled backwards. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mind just kept going being like, what if I use the quote from Goblin 2? Would Janine appreciate that? Maybe. But also I think it's a bit of an overrated movie. Even as a bad movie. Or Troll 2, Troll 2, not Goblin 2, fuck. You know about Troll 2, right, Janine? Everybody knows about Troll 2. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also did want to do a new feature that may stick around, may not. Uh, Comparatively numbered episodes. So this was episode 70 of One Piece through 77. The comparative numbered ones were Homer's Triple Bypass, Marge vs. the Monorail, 
brother from the same planet. I love Lisa. So it's come to this, a Simpsons clip show, and some other ones that aren't as good. But it's like, this is prime Simpsons time in the uh, episode releases. Damn, and here we are. I Still not a dent inside of One Piece as as a whole. No, but this is still like the era where a lot of people, like, they get through this part. After, like in February, if we stick to our current schedule, that's where we get into, like, our own red line and I mentioned it before, and it's like, that's where I reached in the ahead viewing. It's kind of like, oh, I'm zoning out these episodes. They are complicated. But then after that, you get really good shit. All right. Either look for really weird episodes of Domance Dawn in February or something easier. So we get a brief scene of Vivi worrying about the team not being serious enough, but sees that the job but sees that the team will get the job done. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Three and Ms. Golden Week are called in to kill Luffy, Nami, and Zoro by Mr. Zero. And I do love that we're getting more Baruch works. Also, for context, Golden Week is essentially the Japanese equivalent of Spring Break, but it's less of, woohoo, Spring Break! And it's more of just like, hey, Parents, you're taking a week off to spend time with your kids. And also, most of your mangas that are drawn by people with parents will be delayed by a week or two. Was that helpful context? Does the One Piece mangaka have kids? Uh, he does now. He married a woman who actually looks like Nami. Holy shit. Yes. Uh, who was a former model, and he has said repeatedly he looks forward to being done with the comics so he can actually spend more time with his kids. Oh, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Well, he'll be free from his shackles soon enough. Anyways, the uh, crew arrives on Little Garden and quickly finds out that there are dinosaurs in the jungle. So Luffy... Vivi and Karu run off for an adventure. Sanji and Zoro head off for a hunting contest, and Nami and Usopp are left alone on the boat. Sanji and Zoro both take out dinosaurs easily for meat, but when they meet up, they refuse to allow the other one to win, so they set out to look for more meat. And we get a very good moment that Janine, you were a fan of. Oh, definitely. Um, This occurs when Zoro is met with the Triceratops, and, like an idiot, says to it, it looks like we both use three-sword style. It's just beautiful. I also am rereading the manga because I'm rereading the manga, and they definitely add some padding to this that I didn't really think about. It's like, oh, and there, you don't really get the rematch that comes from the uh, Zoro and Sanji contest. Zoro just kind of gets lost during the entire time. Uh, so Luffy's group stumbles out of Brontosaurus's and Vivi realizes that none of the uh, island has changed for millions of years in terms of like evolution or anything. And meanwhile on the Going Merry, Bragi, a giant warrior, approaches killing a dinosaur he asks for alcohol and invites Usopp and Nami to join him for dinner, even though the two of them are very worried that he's just going to eat them. A brontosaurus tries to eat Luffy, but he is freed by Dory, another giant warrior, who invites him, Vivi, and Karu to eat with him. And while Nami and Usopp are worried that Bragi wants to eat them, they find out that the log post is going to need a year to reset. Uh, when a volcano erupts, Dory and Bragi head off to fight one another since they have been fighting every time it erupts for the past hundred years for reasons they don't fully remember. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine's Day show up. You find Mr. Three in Miss Golden Week's base, and Mr. Three plans to collect the massive bounties that are on the two giants since that's part of what his whole job is. They are working as bounty hunters to raise funds for. Baroque works. 
So the Giants fight a massive battle to a stalemate while they are being watched by the Baroque Works agents and the Straw Hat Pirates. Dory shares some of the alcohol that he got with Broggy at the end of the fight. And when Vivi finds that they will need to wait a year for the log post to reset, uh, she also finds out that they are fighting for a log post that will return them home to Elbath, which is fable spelled backwards, and most visitors die if a year takes for it to reset. And, you know, it's just two big old dudes who enjoy fighting each other for a hundred years. So, Usopp, meanwhile, tells Broggy about his dream to become a brave warrior of the sea, and I do love the recurring bit where everyone's just like, oh, so you just want to become a giant. And he's like, no, brave warrior of the sea. Unfortunately, the alcohol that Dory drank explodes, and Luffy refuses to believe that either giant or their friends would poison them, and so Dory goes to fight Luffy, who he defeats, but he is already too injured from the bomb that he drank, which is all part of Mr. Three's plan, because Mr. Five, as a reminder, is a bomb, bomb man. Mr. Three then starts his plan to capture the Straw Hats when the volcano erupts again and the giants go to meet. Uh, Dory ends up trapping Luffy under a massive mountain because Luffy uh, wants him to not fight because their duel has been uh, messed with. Meanwhile, Karu wandered into the jungle and ran across Mr. Five Miss Valentine's Day. Zoro and Nami get captured by wax mannequins of their teammates while Usopp abandons Nami and then finds Luffy and Vivi. And they start putting all the pieces together. And Mr. Three reveals himself uh, since Broggy defeated Dory and starts capturing Broggy in Wax. And yeah, this was a arc that they famously did not adapt in the Four Kids series, which kind of makes sense because uh, it gets grisly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any way you could be able to Shadow Realm an axe out of somebody. Uh, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine appear with Karu uh, in front of the trio. Usopp and Vivi go to attack, but uh, they aren't really much of a threat. Mr. Five attacks Luffy to knock him out for revenge, and then they drag away Vivi while Broggy is still captured in what they refer to in one scene as a candle jack. And you're not supposed to say that word because that's when he comes to get you. I think Luke got got. I think Luke got got. He shouldn't have said it. God damn it. Thank I you lost for another going one. Along with a bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, us 90s ish kids who <laughs> grew up and knew the magic of Freakazoid. The weird, weird magic of Freakazoid. Yeah, they call it that for like one scene and then every other time they make sure to announce a candle jacket. Uh, so Zoro, Nami, and Vivi are put onto a spinning candle chandelier that will end up coating them all in wax, which will freeze them in place, killing them. Mr. Three's taunting enrages Broggy enough that he tries to escape, and then Mr. Five brings him down and Mr. Three stakes him into the ground, like his hands and his feet with giant wax stakes. And it's like, yeah, we don't want the kids doing this thing at home. And then Zoro's just like, ah, uh, well, I will cut off my legs so I can escape. And then he just gives up halfway through, which is beautiful. That's kind of grisly, though. Like, I chopped halfway through my foot. And then I gave up. And then I gave up. Yeah, and, like, that sticks around. Like, Zoro becomes a growing collection of <laughs> dumbassery. Uh, back I, I love it though like it's it's just like the best way to be able to explain how come Zoro didn't solve any of the problems he, mm -hmm. he's dumb mm -hmm. uh, back under the mountain Karu and Usopp worked to free Luffy who shows up to turn things around while Usopp and Karu fall back uh, Mr. Three waxes Luffy's legs together with a candle jacket 
but he uses it to break part of the chandelier, which unfortunately speeds up the uh, candle process, but it frees Luffy from the lock. Uh, Usopp tries to shoot Mr. 3 with an explosive, but Mr. 5 eats it because he can just eat bombs, which, yeah, that makes sense. And Luffy gets an arm wax, but uses it as a weapon to knock Mr. 3 out of commission, but then falls into Miss Golden Week's color trap that makes him betray his teammates, preventing him from saving them. And Mr. 5 goes after Usopp and Karu. It's bonkers how much stuff goes on. There were times I was, like, looking at the episode and, like, realizing that, like, it it was the same episode. Like, mm-hmm. no, we didn't. That was a commercial break in between. That wasn't a changeover. It's just a lot of plot packed in. There is. Uh, and you're watching on Crunchyroll, right? I am. And, and it's probably what I love about this the most is how crucial this duck is oh yeah karu is a true champion like any any other time if you have like a character that seems like they're going to be a pet character they would stay on the boat or something or be too like scared or anything but this is like a scooby-doo situation where he's one of us mm-hmm. I, oh, I i fucking you're... love it you're going to end up crying about Karu so many times. Because, like, Karu did not sell out where Vivi was when he got tortured. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, that that guy. That duck. That one duck. duck. Yes. So, Vivi uses reverse psychology to get Luffy out of the color trap, but then he just gets another trap on his clothing, which makes him laugh until that gets smudged. And Luffy then gets forced to attack the ground with a red trap, and then he gets stuck with a tranquility trap, so he's just forced to drink tea, which is hilarious. And, like, one of the things that you will see now is all the members of Baroque Works agents just love drinking tea, and they all canonically have their favorite types of tea. Is is there a list out there about the agents and their favorite tea? Yes. Uh, Oh, we are going to have tea time trivia when we finish Alabasta. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, So back on the ship, Sanji starts wandering around to look for the others and discovers uh, Mr. Three's wax house. Uh, Usopp and Karu return to see Luffy stuck by the trap and sets his shirt on fire, which releases him. But that's when Mr. Three returns with a wax-fighting robot armor, the Candle Champion, which gets painted by Miss Golden Week, and Luffy has to fight it. Usopp, meanwhile, comes up with a plan and uses Karu to wrap the statue with an oil-soaked rope, and Luffy uses Mr. Three's hair, which is on fire when he is using his powers to ignite the rope, destroys the statue, and also only Nami's shirt, which is a weird thing. Because it's just like, oh, is is Dami just wearing a bra for some strange reason? Because Vivi, Vivi is also wearing her shirt, and that didn't get burnt. And Zoro's still completely fine clothing wise. It's a yeah, weird thing. quality. Let me see that himbo's nipples. Mm-hmm. So Vivi and Nami are able to take out Miss Valentine's Day while Usopp tricks Mr. Five into eating a spicy star weapon before Zora finishes him off and Dory rises as well. Uh, Luffy and Karu chase after Mr. Three and Miss Golden Week and Mr. Three tries to set up a trap with wax copies of himself, but Luffy is able to use his instinct to find a real one. And it's great because Mr. Three just believes himself to be the world's greatest genius in a lot of ways, and just seeing his ass get kicked is wonderful. I do love also that there's, like, no, like, deeper explanation than just, uh, like, it was just a hunch, Mm -hmm. like, where he was, because it's it's just, like, it's so stupid. It's anime. Yeah, and, like, you know what? Fucking fine, yes. 
if you throw enough darts out, eventually you're going to like hit something. But what if you just have a dart that hits something every time? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't care if there's any, if it ever gets explained why. I hope it never does. And it's just like left as just like, no, the first time that Luffy just goes out and he just throws his foot out, it's, it, it kicks an ass. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like, and speaking of amazing, Karu then knocks out Miss Golden Week. Karu yes. gets justice, justice for Karu. Yes. So back in the wax house, Sanji gets a call from Mr. Zero on a transponder snail, and he pretends to be Mr. Three from the Crap Cafe and lies about the targets being killed before Mr. Thirteen and Miss Friday show up with an eternal post to Alabasta. He knocks them out as well and lies about it to Mr. Zero, who then just decides to kill Mr. Three, which is fair. Hey, when a when a bird's neck goes in that direction, that just knocks them out, right? Because it looked a little bit more than just knocking them out. Uh, I mean, Miss Friday is effectively dead in the anime. Huh. Because... Her return is not adapted. In in the anime. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, we will probably get into some post stuff with them because uh, parts of it are important, but also, uh, yeah, it's just wild what they chose to adapt and not adapt. But yeah, no, like, Sandy's straight up twists that bird's neck around and kills that bird. Yep. Uh, so Dory finds out that Broggy wasn't actually killed, but was only knocked out, and it was all because their weapons are so dull after fighting for a hundred years, and the two are happy to know that they can continue fighting. Because, you know, sometimes that's how homies do it. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Nami gets a bad bug bite because her shirt had vanished and Sanji finds his way back to the party with the eternal pose allowing them to leave the island. Sanji and Zoro catch up on their hunt, which reminds the giants of something. And as the pirates prepare to leave, the giants go to take care of one more threat. Dory and Broggy tell the pirates to keep sailing straight no matter what as the island eater, a massive giant goldfish, appears. The island eater swallows the ship but the giants blast their way through the Island Eater, which also fulfills one of Usopp's lies and destroys the giant's weapons in the process. Because one of the first things that we saw Usopp do was go and tell Kaya about how one time he saw a goldfish that was so big that he he went on to something he thought was its island, but it was actually poop. So technically, he did not lie about that. He was just early in saying that he did it. Just like when he said pirates were going to come to the island. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Oh. Every fucking story he has told comes back. It's amazing. It's a put out a watch for this because... If you aren't paying attention, and then you go back, it's like, what? And you'll probably forget that I said this, because I, I forgot about it too, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's real good. Uh, now, Janine, did it feel like something was missing here at the end? It felt like a little bit, yeah. Yeah, essentially the first five minutes of the next episode are... A bit more with the Giants and explaining what their whole deal is even more. And then (laughs) we get into the full next arc immediately. Like, there's no real transition. So it is a weird overhang. Well, I can't wait for the next episode and the next arc to discover what the fuck was up with them. Mm Mm-hmm. But now we have the meat of the show, which is matching our only seven characters this week. But once more, we have a 
very important character. So let's get into our matching. Up first, we have Mr. Three, who, powerful asshole, wonderful man. I have four suggestions, but I, I promise I was willing to burn Frank Grimes. Frank Grimes is my dream casting for Mr. Three. So, oh. like, the others I don't care for sharing as much, but I can. Janine, who did you have for Mr. Three? I have some recurring characters that get suggested a lot, especially by guests and people who aren't in in this. And it's, yes, Guy. And John, the John Waters character. We are close to probably the best slash worst character for John. Wait a second. Comic book guy. Doesn't he play a villain that also tries to solidify his enemies to death? You mean including Lucy Lawless? Yes. Uh, the Collector. The Collector. Thematically the same vein, however, different intentions. Yes. For whatever reason, Mr. Three mentally has been my... Yeah, I want to use Frank Grimes for him. All right. I will I give you Frank Grimes for this character, but... That's going to be a holdout for another thing. Hey, you know, we both work together on these, and, uh, we got energy. Uh, who did you have for Ms. Golden Week? This 16-year-old who was unfortunately stuck working with Mr. Three. Well, um, I actually thought Jessica Lovejoy for this one. Interesting. I just had to find a character that both encompassed the amount of mischievous manipulation and is a child. That's... I... Miss Golden Week is a hard character to find because I don't think we've gotten a lot of the other female femme fatale slash romantic love interest for Bart that would appear later on, like after the equivalent season of The Simpsons. But I think the best thing about Luffy, though, is that we could be able to use Bart's kind of love interests and not have to feel like like the, their they love interest bound. to the main character would be a defining part of the character because, I mean, Luffy's kind of... Oh, Luffy is pretty much ace. Yeah, and... Or asexual. I need to clarify, Luffy is not ace. Luffy is asexual. Is there a character name ace I should worry about? The biggest himbo. Oh my god. Ask, ask how big of a himbo. How big of a himbo? He got his name tattooed and he got his name spelled incorrectly on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, Ace oh. is Ace is wonderful. Ace is coming up. But uh yeah. Uh the two suggestions I had were Sophie Jensen and uh one of the girls from the Going to Paint a Wagon, because I was just trying to fit with the painting theme more. Because you know we pick up on different themes and like this Golden Week's kind of defined by her general passivity. I think that in itself is why Jessica Lovejoy is great. As Jessica Lovejoy was able to do all of these things and have evidence from other people present itself while her father actively did not believe it. 
I feel like everything that she is able to do to manipulate Bart inside of all of her little games, like speaks closer to like what Jessica Lovejoy was able to do with Bart by manipulating him with different things, just pull of those strings. I think that's a very good translation, except, you know, instead of using paint to change your emotions to manipulate you, it's using the dynamics of, you know, social interactions and the want to protect an innocent pastor's daughter, you know? I am willing to go with that. The other idea that I just had coming out of my mind was Bartina. The persona that Bart adopts when he decides that he's going to try and break his mom out of jail by seducing the warden. But that was just a flight of fancy. So I'm I'm good with Jessica Lovejoy. All right. We'll put Uh, put a pin in Bartina, though. I'm sure a character like that is going to end up coming along. You never know. Uh, we then have Samurai Bats, who is a guy with the samurai topped up, but also a surfboard and surf shorts who appears in the background of a scene. Who, you know, we had to put him on. Uh, I had, partially for that hair, Wade Boggs, and I also had Daredevil Surfer. As in, normally this beach is filled with daredevil surfers, except that it's the beach sculpture contest. I think. I was thinking much more of like just generic background characters and not even indulging into like the person or their look at all. Mm -hmm. I was like, what are just background characters that just made me laugh? Mm -hmm. So I have, um, actually, didn't check to see if this one was even up here, but um, Hugh Jass. Mm-hmm. From Bart's uh, phone call that goes awry. Yes. And uh, the second choice that I have is Giant Hand Man. He has this big hand. Everybody keeps on making fun of him about, but it's actually really serious. He's got a huge essay written on his huge hand. About not making fun of his huge, shine hand. Yes. Okay, so Janine, uh... You're going to Uter pile giant hand man to me right now, aren't you? What about this show makes you think there won't be a guy whose defining trait is that he just has a giant hand? Oh my god, this show. Literally, this is a background character with a name and a birthday. Uh, just has a top knot and a big old forehead and a surfboard and surf shirt. Surf shorts. Uh, I feel like... She sells might... surf shorts by the shoe store. Like... I think we... We will have a better opportunity for Hugh Jazz. I do appreciate the like background character. I thought you were going to go into like one of the more generic ones. Like I had uh, Sophie Jensen, who is like the girl in Lisa's class with like the brown pigtails, who you just see a bunch of times, and it's like her name never really comes up. But no, I, people know Hugh Jazz. People have opinions about Hugh Jazz. <laughs> Everybody loves a Hugh Jazz. Except cowards. <laughs> uh, I feel like since this guy's main trait is he has a surfboard, like Daredevil Surfer, I think, fits. Uh, I can also quick let me pull up uh, Samurai Bats because. I'm going to look up Samurai Bats fan art. See if I find anything. anything. Uh, He is a middle-aged man with a top knot that makes him look like a samurai. He is. Uh, He presumably likes surfing as he is carrying a surfboard 
His birthday is on March 8th. March 8th. Astrological sign. He's a Pisces. I think fish are surfing. So so that's that's going to be my additional <laughs> point for uh, Daredevil Surfer. I am not finding any any samurai bats fan art. Uh, have you tried looking in the Japanese name? Well, I'll get to that later. If I find any, I'll post it to the Twitter, and you'll see it. Yeah, that's just DC characters as samurai. Which I guess makes sense, because there's Batman, so I guess you would have samurai Batman. All right, so do we need to come back to Samurai Bats? <laughs> this. I guess I could be able to go with Radical Surfer or whatever you said. Daredevil Surfer. Daredevil Surfer. Yeah, that sounds more official, I guess. Ah! <laughs> Uh, we didn't have Broggy, a character who actually <laughs> matters. Yes, yes, I have, um, my answers for both Broggy and Dory are, like, both, like, together, so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want to do them separate from, Oh, um, do you want to move Brontosaurus up? Yes, yes, if we oh. could. Uh, alright, well, I'll do my Brontosaurus ones. Uh, I had both the Brontosaurus from the Treehouse of Horror, where Homer goes back in time and kills a bunch of dinosaurs on accident, but also the dinosaur dad from the Dinosaurs parody. I had Barney the Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Because I had the art in my mind when I was making that choice of how hilarious that would look if that was the frame that was chosen. Have Barney's head Flying the fuck off, being decapitated. But if your options also sound hilarious, just an actual brontosaurus, or... just an actual brontosaurus, like you know. I mean, this will be the only time we run across a brontosaurus. So I mean, we. We ought to just match it up with this one so we could be able to save, like, Barney for maybe for, like, an honest-to-goodness T-Rex or something. Or somebody who else is just, like, at least lizard-like. I mean, I can surprise and delight you, then you'll forget when, until we actually get there, there's a guy who just turns into a T-Rex. What the hell is this? Is this? Mike, okay, fine. One piece. One piece. Uh, let's let's give it to the actual Brontosaurus that Homer kills yes. accidentally. I think more than on, on more than one occasion. Uh, other times he steps on the bug. Uh, there's a time that he kills all the dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, there's a few times where things don't go well. Uh, who do you have for Broggy and Dory? I have, uh, starting off with a, probably a kind of a grim one, mm-hmm. is um, the Twin Tower guys that are arguing back and forth. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> okay. Originally, though, after I, I, had, I had that, and I was like, I gotta think of, like, just, like, just better people that just seem like they would hate each other and have this kind of grudge. But I am sad to say that groundskeeper Seamus has not been introduced, so I could not do the pair of groundskeeper Willie and groundskeeper Seamus because that would rule for this pair. 
That would be a wild choice. However, I do have a pair of rivals that are actually mirrors of like they're they're the same characters as ones that well we already have one that's that's named as a character somewhere else, but um I thought of these like as their kind of personas their TV personas that they created, and that is um the Plow King and Mister Plow. Hmm. Interesting. As in the end of the episode, they were also able to bury their hatchet and, like, come together. Oh, no, these fuckers keep fighting. They just fight without weapons. And we never see them after those next five minutes in the anime. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, alright. Uh, so those are the pairs that you had? Yes. So for Broggy, I had two suggestions. I had Lardlad, the statue that comes alive, and Paul Bunyan, Homer. And then for Dory, I had the giant lumberjack mascot that also comes alive, or also giant Kent Brockman, who I think facially fits Dory a bit more. I think we already have used Lardlad before, though. Have we? Oh, no! I am the fool, Janine! I am the fool. Go ahead and play the clip. There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. Oh, wait, wait. And also, sure, yes, both does. That's what that's what you came up for, everybody. Those beautiful domains. I forgot Um, about John Giant. Yeah, because this anime has that many giants this early. Oh yeah. Well, because John Giant is also actually a giant, so. And we got more giants to come in, so. Oh my god, okay. But not for like a couple hundred episodes. Oh, I guess I could breathe easy for a couple of hundred episodes. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, well, um, let's go ahead and let's take a look at everything that we have paired off. I do like the idea of having a Paul Bunyan Homer against a another lumberjack. Giant lumberjack, yeah. Uh, as a lumberjack fight. Mm-hmm. As it would give them, both of them, weapons as well, so. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good visual. Because we and also get, once more, get a <laughs> giant Homer for the cover image. Uh, you gotta do the wax trap for this arc. Sure, sure. That way all the kids who are listening to this are like, I want to try and coat my enemies in wax using my wax wax root powers. I think I'm eventually going to start a list of my own where I rate the devil fruit powers. Mm-hmm. Because there are some that are like, that seem like pretty cool to have as actual powers. Mm-hmm. Like the freaking smoke smoke. Yeah, the plume plume yeah. fruit. Yeah. The, the plume plume fruit. The puff puff fruit. That's what I'd be calling it. Because mm-hmm. I'd probably be doing it with a substance. And I think that like <laughs> other ones like the sickle sickle just kind mm-hmm. of suck really mm-hmm. oh yeah well and then there's some powers that don't even come from devil fruit I mean like, like devil fruit though like those particular kind of powers I want to be able to like take a look at because um, not being able to swim in a world that is surrounded by water mm-hmm. you want to have the idea of like what are you trading away like are you is certain death 
um, worth having one of these for? Yeah, there, like there's the uh, the Whisper Whisper fruit that Oppies had, where you could talk to animals, and you could uh, just, I guess, talk to animals, which made the Whisper Whisper such a weird idea for it, for the name. Uh, yeah, like that's a bit of a bad one. All right, uh, so Paul Bunyan Homer and Giant Lumberjack uh, for our broad game story. To the death, yes. To the death. Uh, and then last, we have Island Eater, the giant goldfish with teeth, horrifying teeth like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that was kind of unsettling. Uh, I had two suggestions. I had... Uh, you know, sometimes the Simpsons have goldfish. Yes, I, um, no. There are irregular occasions where they've just got to tank a fish. Okay. And it's usually for just a, we need this fish tank in the scene. Like, uh, the one where they find, uh, Bobo burns his bear. Or when they need the cat to do something bad. The fish. Uh, I also had Blinky because we haven't used Blinky yet. And I feel like Blinky was going to come up. I I only had Blinky as my suggestion because um, I was also thinking about the art. Mm -hmm. And having like a very large Blinky with teeth um, scared the shit out of me so... I was like, I kind of want to see it if, if that's the one that gets chosen. There. I'm, I'm, I'm mentally like going through one piece in this. It's like, will we have a better opportunity for a three-eyed fish? And it's like, maybe I don't necessarily remember everything that gets a name. This This show... I feel like we're going to have... We're going to get to Sodom and Gomorrah at some point. We're going to have more fish. The saying is that there's, like, more of them in the sea where oh, this yeah. anime takes place. No, we do, like, even get to Fishman Island at a point. Wait. Arlong Park wasn't no. Okay, that's uncomforting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Fishman Island is a wild time. Kasandi gets so horny that he almost dies multiple times. That's a one piece. That's a one piece. I feel like Simpson fish gets the job because there's always more Simpsons fish. So you think that's the one we could be able to use multiple times? Because mm -hmm. Island Eater oh, wait. is... I've got an idea. Mm -hmm. Why don't we use Millhouse's fish? Never seen, but it is spoken of. Because why did he have the bowl, Bart? <laughs> why did why I have, the, have bowl? the bowl? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm good to go with Millhouse's fish. Yeah, and like the fish is like dead in an episode just like this fish. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how it died. Yes. Bart and Homer both used their weapons and blasted a fucking hole through the fish. Destroying All the weapon right. in the process as it happens. So, let's do a quick recap of the choices that we have made in this discussion, uh, Mr. Three is Frank Grimes. Miss Golden Week is Jessica Lovejoy. Samurai Bath is Daredevil Server. Brontosaurus is the Brontosaurus from the Treehouse of Horror. Broggy is Paul Bunyan Homer. Dory is Giant Lumberjack. And Island Eater is Millhouse's Fish. Why did I have the pole part? Why? It's 
it is a wild, wild, weird, wild podcast. And it's going to get wilder, Janine. I am afraid of the future. Because uh, we are going to get what is going to be two episodes for us in the next arc. Uh, healthcare is a human right. We get to see the character who Jamie Lee Curtis, well-known One Piece fan, would love to play in the live-action version of the anime that Netflix is doing. And we also get the last five minutes of Little Garden. Oh, and we also get uh, what was my initial pick for Homer plus Lenny and Carl. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to burn Lenny and Carl or their cheapest non-union equivalents, which I also have prepared. Find out what that means and more next episode on Domance Dawn. Janine, where can you be found online? Holy shit, I forgot about that. Yes, Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me on Twitter at Janine Juliet. Um, You can also be able to find me uh, and other Luke Hare production podcasts. And you can find those podcasts through my Twitter at Coltrek, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHair.com, L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R.com. Our cover art is by Colt Hoskins. Uh, our logo design was by Bo Quiano. Uh, Colt does wonderful cover art, and we're talking about like doing an Ashcan book, collecting some of these, which I think would be wonderful. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, please leave us a review or leave us a comment or even just leave comments in our Tumblr. Uh, but like, partially because of the way that I post it online on the Tumblr, we don't necessarily get listen counts if you do listen through that. So letting us know that you listen and enjoy the show is wonderful. Also, Please join in the uh, character suggestion threads because I'm interested in what y'all have to say. We got some good ones coming up next week. And if you know what's coming up and you know that I mentioned Lenny, Carl, and Homer, you could probably just try and, like, fudge the books and, like, go with the winner. Which, you could also come up with a better suggestion. I'm kind of rambling at this point. If you guys think you can do a better job, we're, we would actually honestly be interested in hearing because, like, we're, we think we kind of, like, aren't... We're, we're just, like, we're doing passable at best here. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be hilarious if there just starts to be, like, 20 different spin-off podcasts going into debates on these sorts of things, but... I mean, if, if there's anybody who wants to be able to look back at past episodes and was and you feel like that there was a certain decision that we made that was wrong, maybe we could be able to go ahead and have like a, like a comment you can give us. You know, let us know where we went wrong so we can... I don't think we're going to... Um, Dear Luke and Janine, however, still make us feel bad, you know. Also, did you see the episode where Sarah Wiggum got voiced by Megan Mullally? It was pretty good. I'm I'm a little bit scared because I feel like that that is also a thing that she would like literally do. Oh, scroll down to the bottom of the episode outline. Oh my god! <laughs> the loud clickety clack. Uh yeah. One Piece is wild. Simpsons season 30 on is pretty good, except for a few weird outlier ones. Um, 
Yeah, find us at Dillman's Dawn. Follow us on Twitter at, at @Dillman's and uh I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you have a wonderful two weeks and we will see you in at the end of those two weeks for part one of Drum Kingdom. I hope you're ready to cry and be cold. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.